Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Corinthians chapter 13, I want to at least go to our, our verse, our, our theme verse for this series. It's Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You don't have to turn there, but um, it's right up here on the board. And like last week, I asked everyone to go ahead and say it with me, but you got to say it loud and say it proud, okay? Um, none of this little kind of, you know, wimpy stuff or anything like that. Back in kids' ministry, we called it no weak sauce. So don't bring any weak sauce today, but say it loud and say it proud, all right? So um, ready, set, Go, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Okay, well, I'll, I'll cut you some slack because it is 1021 in the morning right now. And But man, yeah, I think you guys could say that a little louder, but we'll just won't go there anymore. All right, so we're continuing on in our series. Uh, it is called Living an Empowered Life, which is really just a study about the Holy Spirit. Because I think hopefully all of us would agree um, that we all need more of the Holy Spirit in our life. We all need, no, no matter where you're at, because sometimes some people would be at, at a point of, man, I don't know, the Holy Spirit's kind of, uh, kind of scary to me, kind of a mystery to me. I've seen some really crazy things. I've really kind of experienced some stuff. And so I've always kind of wanted to kind of just keep a distance from the Holy Spirit. But, um, but we're, we're trying to get us to the point where we understand that we desperately need more of the Holy Spirit in our life. More of Him operating and moving and leading and directing us in the way that we should go. Instead of trying to maybe kind of do this thing on our own. Um, and the reason why is because the Holy Spirit is the life force of our Christianity here on earth. He is the life force. And without the Holy Spirit, there is no active Christian life. There is none. Because what happens is we don't, when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to begin moving and operating in our life, then, you know what, we have just kind of like just stall out. It's kind of our, our Christianity is kind of blah. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, where you feel like, oh yeah, okay, I'm on fire for the Lord, and then all of a sudden something happens, and we just kind of have this kind of, kind of yeah, I'm just kind of maybe kind of going through the motions. I'm just kind of not really feeling anything or, or experiencing anything, and I'm just kind of just doing it. But see, oftentimes that is because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. We're not allowing when the Holy Spirit speaks for ourselves to listen and to obey and begin to walk in what the Holy Spirit wants for us. Because it's so important that, that we, we recognize that, that the Holy Spirit, listen to this, Holy Spirit knows your potential, even when you don't. Right? Because a lot of times we, we, we know our humanity, we know the negative side of who we are, we know sometimes our thoughts aren't right or whatever, but the Holy Spirit absolutely knows 100% your potential and he is out to help you get to reach that potential in the kingdom of God. Amen. Absolutely 100%. But see, sometimes what we do is we kind of back off of that and we kind of ignore the Holy Spirit. And, and really, this, this relationship that God has ordained is one of the greatest relationships we could have. But see, we don't look at that because a lot of times, like I've said in the last couple of weeks, is we look at our, our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus. But then when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that's not something we put an emphasis on. But see, really, God has put this, this, this relationship out there for us, for us to be able to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to where we are being led, we are being directed, we are finding our footing in our Christianity, in our Christian walk with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, the, is a third member of the Godhead, right? There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So there's these three distinct personalities who are equal in their deity and they are submitted and unified in complete harmony in their roles and responsibilities. All three have roles and responsibilities, and they are linked up. They are in harmony. They are submitted, unified, so that these roles are played out in our life. So today we want to begin with uh, the interaction of these three in our life in order to see how the Holy Spirit 
deter, uh, desires, right, to bring us into the intimate circle of this because he wants us to be a part of this. He wants us to walk hand in hand. He wants us to walk in the Spirit so that we're experiencing all three. So the title of my message today is The Fellowship of the Holy Spirit in Your Life. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I always think of the fellowship of the ring, Lord of the Rings thing, um, just because of that word fellowship. But uh, it's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let me pray real quick. Holy Spirit, thank you that you want fellowship with us. Thank you that you want to move in our lives. Teach us more about this fellowship. Teach us more about how we can lock into that. In Jesus' name, amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now notice that's not, you know, trying to single anybody out, only, only a certain person. No, what it's trying to say is, you know, this is for everyone who believes. Everyone who has a relationship with Jesus, has a relationship with the Father, then has the ability to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But see, oftentimes we can look at that and think, well, that's a very kind of maybe possibly just a light verse, not really heavy, not weighty. Uh, maybe even sometimes we can look at it and say, well, this is kind of very vanilla. Um, but you know what? It's not. This is a very weighty verse, one that we're going to kind of look at a little bit deeper today. And because when you look at it, it's Paul's final statement to the Corinthian church and he's kind of wrapping it up to tell them this. This is kind of like a, almost like a, a, a drop the mic prayer for, for the people. And he lists three important areas of spiritual development God desires for every believer in their life. The first is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? The grace of the Lord Jesus. Your relationship with God begins with the grace gift of salvation, Okay? begins with the grace gift of salvation. Without it, we cannot be born again, and we do not know God. We don't know Him. And this word grace, right, means undeserved, unearned, goodwill, kindness, and or favor over us. It's God giving us kindness and favor that really we do not deserve. I don't deserve to be saved. Because I am a human, just like anybody else, just like you. And you know what? There is a sinful nature that I am constantly fighting against. I don't deserve his favor. I don't deserve his kindness. But this is what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so, no, not, so none of us can boast about it. So growing and spiritual development is when we realize and walk in the grace of this salvation every single day, right? Every single day us, for us to know that we can never be good enough to deserve it. It's a free gift. Right? You can't sin hard enough to be disqualified from it. It's available to everyone who believes in Jesus. And you must believe and accept it by faith in order to receive it. If we start growing in that, then you know what, man? Our lives begin to uh, be anchored to this rock so that any time, any given situation, we can say, no, you know what? I have been saved by grace. It's a gift given to me. I didn't deserve it, but because I have faith to believe in who Christ is, I have this gift and I can walk in it, right? And see, when we start walking in that every day and we start walking in that confidence of it, then we become uh, more mature in this grace, which then helps us to clearly see the second part of that verse, the love of God. God genuinely loves you. And, and you know, I think about it sometimes. You know, God's not just, you know, um, just merely tolerating us because of what Jesus did. 
He really loves each and every one of us. He has this deep, deep love. And in that love, then your sins are really forgiven. Your past sins are forgiven. Say forgiven. Your past sins are forgiven. All that guilt and all that shame that came with it was completely wiped away. The moment you gave your heart to Jesus, the moment you confessed your sin, the moment you repented, and then you legitimately became born again into into God's family. You are his precious child, and he is your precious dad. He is proud to be your father. He's not like, well, I'm going to let them kind of squeak in, but I'm not going to be very proud of them at all. No, you know what? He is very, very proud of each and every one of us. And he recognizes that sometimes we make mistakes. But see, what we do with that is we got to turn to him and he's able to forgive us, right? Romans 8, uh, verse 1 and 2 says this. So, so now there is, uh, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the living, uh, life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The power of that life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit working in your life, freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Well, you know what, Pastor Scott? I don't know if I really, I still have some sin in my life. Well, that means, you know what? You've got to turn that over like we said last week and make the Holy Spirit Lord of your life too. You've got to be able to say, all right, Holy Spirit, what are, you, what are you talking to me? What are you showing me? What are you revealing to me? And then begin to put that into action. And, and really, it could be as, just as simple as you getting in your Bible and you reading your word and you going, oh, I'm not supposed to do that? No. And then you putting a strategy, a plan, an action, praying, asking for uh, uh, wisdom on how to eradicate that from your life. But see, because sometimes we think, well, I got to hear this big, deep word. I got to hear the actual voice of God. I'm not hearing anything. Well, you know what? The Bible is God's word, right? It's God speaking to you. So if we want to say, hey, I want to hear the Holy Spirit. I want to hear God. I want to hear Jesus. Open up your Bible and start reading it. Start, start studying it. Start looking at it. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will use that and begin to radically transform your life. But it's up to us. Paul goes on in the same chapter in Romans 8, uh, verse 35, and then we'll skip to 38 and 39. It says, can anything separate us from Christ's love? No. Verse 38 says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. 39, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Unless you choose to walk away. He'll still love you. But see, there's a difference then to me. Because now you've, you've decided to walk away from that grace. You've decided to walk away from that love and just live your own life and do your own thing. And so now all of a sudden, that love is still there. But I think in, in some ways, there's, there's this kind of this barrier if we've just kind of discounted Jesus and we've discounted God and we've discounted the, 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 dis, discounted the, the Holy Spirit. But see, it's this, this growth in the revelation of God's grace and love that we need, especially when we come face to face with our humanity and the areas of our weakness that we know that aren't, aren't pleasing to him. Right? And when that happens, then you know, we can kind of get this uh, a feeling. We can, we can cause to feel that, that God's love and acceptance, it, it's kind of fading. It's, it's, it, it, and when it fades, it gives the enemy an opportunity to walk into our life and opens a door to our mind. And then sometimes what we do is we just receive what the enemy has to say, more so than what God has to say. 
But if we're in our word, if we're in our Bible, then we can be able to see and go, wait, 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 wait. I, I, you know what? I, I heard that, but that doesn't line up with what I know God's word says about me. That doesn't line up about the grace that God's given me. That doesn't line up about the love that God has for me. And then we can combat that. We can shut it down because that's part of the, the, the opportunity that we walk in. We have an ability to shut down the enemy. We have an ability to shut him up. But see, we've got to walk in that. We've got to understand our authority in Christ. We've got to know that, man, we are more than conquerors. That we, we have this authority that he's given to us because, not because we're, you know, great people, but because of what Jesus has done for us. Which is why then Paul carries it over Right? He prays for our spiritual development with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. This is where spiritual maturity begins. It's where we learn to walk in the Spirit. It's where we begin to have the mind of Christ. Where we move in the power of God and receive direction. We can pray more effectively. But see, without this fellowship of the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to live an empowered life. An empowered life where the Holy Spirit is moving in your life, operating in your life. And this, this, this word uh, fellowship is the word koinonia, which we most, if you've been around church for a long time, you've heard. But it describes two or more lives that are woven together for a common purpose in partnership, in spiritual unity, in community, and in communion. Koinonia is a unity brought by, listen, the Holy Spirit. It's brought by the Holy Spirit. It's what cements the believer to God and to, to uh, each of us together as a community. But it's, it's Holy Spirit driven. Now, there's a bunch of verses you could look at. 1 Corinthians 1.9, Philippians 1.5, Acts 2.42. To kind of talk about that word uh, koinonia, fellowship. And this, this word is kind of where we want to go with our points today, the direction we want to take. Um, and, and, and in the New Testament, it highlights three important areas. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit brings in our lives, which is intimacy, partnership, and responsibility. Intimacy, partnership, and responsibility. So our very first point is um, intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I love looking at the early church as an example of, of our Christian walk. And what I love about looking at the early church, right, um, the early church knew the personality of the Holy Spirit. See, if you were to dive in and begin to look, and just even reading in, in, in the book of Acts, you, you, you can tell the early church was not afraid of the Holy Spirit. They were not scared. They weren't like concerned. They weren't like, oh my gosh, he's such a mystery. No, I think the, Holy, the, the, the early church was very much like, wow, man, we need the Holy Spirit active in our life. We need the Holy Spirit moving and operating in our life. And so here they were. They were very familiar. They, were, they, had the, they, they just knew his personality really well. And I think in some of that is because, you know, you look at, at Scripture and there were times when they encountered, when they didn't get a word, they didn't get like, oh, okay, man, the Holy Spirit gave us a word for this. But, but they, were, they, they would look at it and say, hey, you know what? This seems right. To the Holy Spirit. This seems right. It wasn't based on intellectual knowledge. It was based on our relationship, right? It was based on time spent, developed intimacy with the Holy Spirit for them to be able to say, well, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard a direction, but it just seems right. Because there are times when you know what? The Holy Spirit will not throw up a red flag on something. You ever had those times? And you're like, okay, tell me, what, what should I do? What should I do? And you don't hear nothing. And you're like, come on, I want to hear something. Because if he doesn't want you to go that direction, usually he'll throw up the red flag. And man, hopefully you'll pay attention and you'll stop right there and go, okay, I'm not moving. But I think there are times when he doesn't say that. 
He doesn't say anything, and you have to be able to say, okay, you know what? If I, I, I'm putting it up against God's word, I'm looking at it and saying, you know what? He hasn't given me a check. He hasn't said, no, don't do that. So I think it seems right. It's, I think it seems okay for me to move forward. And I, and I love the fact that even when I miss it, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God are, are, are more powerful to be able to make sure I find my way back on track. Right? Even if I missed it. Because, you know, there have been times I'm human, and I, I, I feel like, man, I, I, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yet, he's like, no, <laughs> that's not it. And he moves me in a direction to get me back on track to be able to follow his plan. Same with you. But see, I think we've got to develop this intimacy. And we kind of get that intimacy where, you know, when we know someone so well, like our spouse, you know, or, or um, you know, someone that we're connected with really, really deeply, we, we've built intimacy, especially with a spouse, and we begin to know what they're thinking, right? You just look at each other, and you already know what they're thinking. Oh, yeah, I know what they're thinking. I, I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but see, that's, that's where we got to get to the point that we have intimacy because you know what? We've, we've spent the time talking to them. We spent the time listening to them. We've, we were living with them and we're learning their personality and we're learning their responses in all kinds of different situations. See, we get that in a very practical way because I can look at my wife at times and I'm, I know exactly what she's thinking. But then there's sometimes I don't or I think I know and she says, no, you don't. And I go, oh, okay. But anyways, the, the thing is, is that we have to, to, to recognize that that's kind of how we have to operate with the Holy Spirit. We got to spend time with him. We got we to grow in our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not a physical relationship, right? It's not a tangible relationship, but it's a spiritual relationship. And you might think, well, geez, man, how do, you, how do you do a spiritual relationship? I have a hard enough time, Pastor Scott, with a physical relationship, right, with people, getting to know them. I'm, not, I'm more of an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. Or I'm an extrovert, so I got all these people, but I'm not really intimate with them. I don't really know all that stuff about them and everything like that. Well, the thing is, is the Holy Spirit knows everything about you, and he's okay with who you are, but he, and he desires this time. With, with him. He desires to have this, this, this relationship with you, knowing exactly who you are. He knows you're an introvert. He knows you're an extrovert. He knows maybe you're, you're in between. He knows all that. But see, he, he hungers. He desires. He, he, he's almost jealous for this relationship that you, that you can have with him. But it's got to be one of the highest priorities in our life. And it's possible, I believe, to know the Holy Spirit just like Jesus knew the Holy Spirit. I really believe it's possible. Right? Because Jesus is our example. Our, our, I, the whole idea of walking in our relationship with Jesus is to become more like Jesus. To become more like Christ. And if we're going to become more like Christ, then we're, know what? we're going to have to uh, have this intimacy with the Holy Spirit at a, at a deeper level. So how, how, how kind of does one do that? Well, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus says something. This is what he says. He says, but when you pray, go into your most private room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, right? Bible says if you draw near to God, he will what? Draw near to you, okay? And, and you know, in some translations we'll read, go into your closet, and I don't think Jesus is talking about you, you know, pulling, pushing back all your stuff and everything, and you, you slide into your closet and try to fit in there with it, you know, everything. Hey, now, I don't, he's not talking about that, but what he's talking about is he's talking about, you know, going into a, a very private secret place where you can have intimate, right, and, highly, and a highly valued relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? So some of them say, go, you know, like go into your bedroom. See, in a bedroom, husband and wife have a very secret place. 
They have a very opportunity to be intimate, to be high, um, to, to grow in this uh, relationship that they have. But it's behind what? Closed doors, right? Otherwise, that's really awkward, right? But it's behind closed doors. It's, it's something that is not interrupted. And Jesus kind of just uses the same picture to convey the same relationship dynamic of intimacy. So in the same way, so basically Jesus is saying this, in the same way that a husband and wife go into their bedroom behind closed doors so that they can bear their hearts and soul to each other in intimacy, you too should have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that, that could be tender, special, and intimate with him in a secret place. That's how you begin to develop this intimacy. And you might say, well, man, I don't even know where to start. Well, just start. Get in there. Start talking. You know, sometimes people think, well, I've got to have the most elaborate words to say. I've got to have the most, you know, this, that, or whatever. No, sometimes it's just he wants you to just come in and be you and be honest. Hey, I don't know where to start here. But the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to read some scripture. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me. And ask the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to me. And ask the Holy Spirit to kind of, you know, begin to, to kind of show me something. Turn the light bulb on, whatever it is. And then I'm going to maybe spend some time praying. And then I might even spend some time worshiping. And really, God doesn't care what you sound like. He doesn't care if you can't carry a tune. He just wants to hear you worship him. Right? But see, you're not doing it out in front of everybody. You are doing it one-on-one -on -one with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Right? You're doing it with the Holy Spirit that you're desperate for each and every day to, to work in your life. So we need to find an isolated, solitary place to spend time with the Holy Spirit, to be intimate with the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit can then speak to our hearts and then we can bear our hearts to him. I, I love that scripture. You know, he, I mean, he already knows what we need. He already knows what's on our heart. Yet, Jesus said, hey, you have not because you ask not. You, you, you're not experiencing, I, I know what you need, I know what's going on. And even if you feel like you can't articulate it correctly and it doesn't seem to come out right, don't worry about it. He already knows what you need and he gets it. You might not be able to put it into words, but he understands and goes, I know exactly what it is you need. But see, that's us developing this intimacy Right? Because, I mean, all of us, all of us have opportunities in the chaos and the noise of our day um, just to just kind of get off the rails. But see, if we would develop this time where we would, would be intimate with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can then help us throughout our day in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the noise, be able to help us not derail ourselves. And we can be able to be solid in any given situation that happens, because we know the Holy Spirit is with us, we know the Holy Spirit is downloading, speaking things to our heart, reminding us of, of Scripture, helping us to know that God loves us, right? Bible says, if, uh, if God be for me, who can be against me? So it, it's those things where we begin to understand because we have this intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And when, when that happens, then you know what? This intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit basically kind of invites us into this intimate circle with the relationship of the Godhead. That's great stuff. But see, we have to be intentional. When we're not intentional, then we're in trouble. Because that's when all this other stuff can begin to kind of control it. But see, the, the ultimate goal is the fact that when we have this intimacy, then you know what? We are invited into this intimate circle of relationship with the Godhead. 
Now, I know some of you guys got, have your uh, workbooks that, that, that we've, we've developed for you, and I, and I, I kind of went a, a little bit different than the workbook. But if you, even if you look at the workbook in Galatians 2.9, you know, Paul here is describing his acceptance by the other apostles when they extended the right hand of fellowship to Paul and Barnabas. And so here they are when, 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 when they do that, basically what they're doing then is they're, they're, um, it's kind of an acceptance and an inclusion into the closeness of the group of the apostles. So here, here, here are Paul and Barnabas. They are not part of the, the 12, right? But there's a time when they begin to notice that, you know what? Paul and Barnabas have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, have intimacy going on. They love Jesus, and, and they have this intimacy with the Godhead, and thing, God's moving in their lives. They're carrying out this kingdom purpose that God's called them to. So what do they, the, the apostles do? They notice what's going on, and they say, hey, we want to give you the right hand of fellowship. We want to invite you into the circle into this, this, this group that we have going that, are, that is moving the, the gospel throughout the world. So he, he, here it is. Holy Spirit wants to have intimacy with you. We have to have intimacy with him. We've got to plan that, uh, work on that, figure out whatever that looks like. And as we do, then we become intimate or into the, into the circle with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit working in our life daily, minute by minute, which leads us to the next thing, the partnership with the Holy Spirit. So Paul says, man, you've got to have intimacy. Have intimacy when he, when he uses that word fellowship. Then he says, you know what? You can partner, partnership with the Holy Spirit. And, and if anyone understood that partnership, it's Jesus. I mean, we can read and see in Scripture that Jesus' earthly ministry was completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit's partnership. Completely. I, you know, you look from his birth and beyond, nothing happened and nothing he did was without the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. Which, which makes us, well, that's what we have to understand if that was so important to Jesus. Yes, he was the son of God, but he was also human too. If it was that important to Jesus, then it's got to be that important to us, that there is this relationship that we can build with the Holy Spirit. One scholar said the ministry of, of Jesus and the ministry of the Holy Spirit are inseparable. Now, can we say that about our life? Right? Because sometimes we do things for the kingdom just out of our either own flesh or just think, oh yeah, we need to do that. But, but, but are we being led by the Holy Spirit? Is it, is it really the Holy Spirit nudging us and backing us and saying, hey, do this, go forward. Now, I'm not saying you can't you know, do good things for the kingdom. But I think sometimes we have to learn how to, to dial in what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because there are times, you know, I, and Maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. But I think there are times where we, we can try to push the kingdom agenda when the Holy Spirit said, no, I, all I want you to do right now is, is plant a seed. But man, we're trying to almost strangle somebody. You know, put them in a chokehold to the point of, man, you better, you know, change right now. But the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I know where this person's at. And what I want you to do right now is I want you to plant a seed. I want, you to, I want you to be able to give a, a, an explanation to your faith. But without possibly turning that person off. But see, that's, that's where we got to understand. We've got to be able to work, work with the Holy Spirit, partnership with him. Just like Jesus did. Because he wants to work with you every single day day. And, and, and really, um, as, we, as we know, the, the Holy Spirit is, and we talked about this, I think, last week and a little bit the first week, he's called to assist and to help you, right, to partner with you. And I think one of the best ways to describe it is the Holy Spirit is, is also called um, uh, to partner with you as a coach. 
I, I don't know how many have ever played youth sports before or have done any kind of sports or anything, maybe even cheerleading. You have a cheerleading coach or, or whatever it is, right? Have you ever had a coach before? Some of us? Okay, great. I know I've had coaches, but see, those coaches are called alongside to partner with us to teach us, correct? Yeah. Like, you know, for an example, a baseball coach teaches you how to hold a bat. I remember my, when I first, I think I was like maybe six years old, I didn't know how to hold a bat. My dad was not a sports guy at all. He worked all his life, so he didn't really have time to do sports. And so I remember going to my very first practice and the coach teaching me how to hold a bat. Right? So they, they teach you how to hold a bat, how to swing the bat, and how to hit the ball. Right? Because, you know, you can't hit the ball if you're looking this way. Ball's coming that way. You, 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 good luck. So they're teaching you, hey, keep your head in, watch the ball, watch, you know, and do all of, all of those things. Right? Then he's also, the coach is also teaching you how to catch a ball. He's teaching you how to throw a ball. Right? How to field it. And then, you know, how to run the bases. And then besides that, right, all those teaching moments, he's also there to encourage you. When you do something wrong, he's trying to encourage you so you don't do that again. You don't make that, that happen next time. You can do it better. So they're partnering with you to be the best player that you can be. Wouldn't you agree? I don't think I've ever had a coach that said, nah, I don't want you to be a good player at all. No, they want you to be the best player, best volleyball player, best cheerleader, best whatever it is that you can be. See, that, that, hopefully that's kind of practical. You can think that's the Holy Spirit. He wants to come alongside. He wants to partner with you. He wants to direct you. He wants to guide you. He wants to train you. He wants to show you what's needed, right? And, and, and develop those things in you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. Right? He wants to give you supernatural direction, supernatural wisdom. He wants to open your eyes. But this is what it says. This is in the Amplified Version. It says, as for you, the anointing, the special gift, the preparation, which you received from him remains permanently in you. The special gift, the Holy Spirit. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But just as his anointing teaches you, giving you insight through the presence of the Holy Spirit above all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as his anointing has taught you, you must remain in him, being rooted in him, knit to him. Right? Or in other words, in partnership with the Holy Spirit. In partnership with him. Now, Paul isn't urging you, right, to not go to church and get good Bible instruction. He's not urging you to do that. But what he's saying is, you know what, if there's an opportunity and you lack the ability to hear someone preach or, or, or be able to understand in a sense of what God's word's about, then go to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will teach you. That's what he's trying to get across. So don't, don't, you can't say, oh, well, I'm not going to go to church anymore. Because, you know what, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit teach me. That's not what God, Paul's trying to say. He's saying it, 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 we, we're doing it in unison. So when a pastor's up here or someone is teaching the Word of God, then the Holy Spirit is using that opportunity to help un, 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 reveal God's Word to you. But then there are times when, you know what, you're by yourself. Then there are times where maybe you're in that secret place. Maybe there are times when, you know what, you are, are um, just, you know, just by yourself. And the Holy Spirit might speak a word to you, might encourage you, might say, hey, you remember that verse that you, even when you were a little kid, and you thought, man, I, I, yeah, I memorized that because, you know, they were giving out candy, right? I mean, did you guys ever get candy when you were in kids' church? Yeah. I mean, candy's the bomb, right? But man, you would learn these verses because you would get candy or it was some kind of incentive. But you know what? The Holy Spirit can still use that and bring that to your remembrance. I think about, you know, those people in China that are in jail and all they've got is either a verse or somebody slipped them one page of their Bible. And that's all they got. And they got no one preaching to them. They got no podcasts. 
they got no YouTube, but as they're reading, they've got the Holy Spirit. And man, the Holy Spirit is doing a deep work in them. And you hear that some of them get out. And man, they're just talking about the goodness of God and the greatness of God. And they, they've got that whole page memorized. But see, that, that's, that's the Holy Spirit working in them. He's coaching them. He's, he's causing them to continue to grow. And, it, and it's not that they're special. It's just the fact that, you know what? They're putting effort in. They're putting, putting time into it. So just like in the natural in order for us to benefit from the Holy Spirit's coaching, we need to choose and depend on saying, yes, I want you to partner with me and then choose and, 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 and do or show up. See, we have, uh, sometimes in America, we have a, a show up problem. We don't show up, right? And the Holy Spirit's there. He's waiting. He wants to speak to you. 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 But we don't show up. We close it off sometimes. We, we, we just do. But see, he wants to, to work with you in order for you to fulfill God's divine plan for your life. Each and every one of us have a divine plan. Again, if you look back at your notebooks, right, and Luke chapter 5 unfolds a time where Jesus, uh, through the partnership of the, of the Holy Spirit, um, he, he provides Peter with a miraculous catch of fish. And it was so large that the nets were, were beginning to, to get so weighty and even possibly break. And the, the, the boat was, you know, kind of, um, in, a, in a sense, kind of tipping over a little bit or whatever. So Peter calls out to James and John. Now, James and John were part of Peter's fishing business. They were partners. And what did James and John do? They came. They came and helped them, right? Because he, he cried out for them. We got to start crying out for the partnership of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. Right? And make that a daily thing. You know, or, or when you're walking into some part of your job and, you, man, you're feeling maybe even uncomfortable or you're not really sure what, what the next move is or what is, Holy Spirit, help me. He wants to partner with us just like uh, uh, James and John ran over and helped pull up that, that boatload of, of, of fish. You know, and, and the Holy Spirit's um, partnership with you is not like casual. It's very purposeful. It's very legitimate. He'll, he'll rush to you. Get that. Don't, don't think the Holy Spirit's going to stay way far away. Right? If you're in relationship with Christ, then you know you can call on the Holy Spirit. You can, you can have him as your coach, and he, he will rush to you. He will accomplish the kingdom business with you in that time and in that season. The very last one is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit. The responsibility of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is committed to you, and he feels responsibility for you. Now, the best way I can put it is, it's like a parent or a husband does towards taking care of directing, resourcing the ones he loves with whatever is needed. He feels that responsibility. If you, if you, you know, live alone and, and maybe you're the one carrying the weight of it, you, you get it if you have kids. You are trying to provide for them. You are trying to do everything you can. You're, you're carrying a responsibility. I, and the Holy Spirit carries a responsibility for us in his life. And I, what I love is sometimes even though, you know what, we might not ask him to come, he'll still try to initiate his partnership with you every day. He'll try. But see, again, it comes back to us. It always comes back to you and I. Always. It comes back to us to, to choose and receive and walk in the gifts of his responsibility in real time. 
Because there's kind of like these, these things that, that he's got going. Um, there was a time in Acts chapter 16. If you want, turn to Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 8, or it's up here on the um, Bible, where Paul and his, his basically I'll call him his crew, right, uh, saw the responsibility of the Holy Spirit in action by directing and taking care of them. And in Acts chapter 16, it says this. They went to, uh, now I'm going to mess up these city names because I just do. Um, that's, that's, words are tough, right? They, they went to Phygra, Phygia, I'm sorry, and then on through the uh, region of Galatia. Um, their plan was, so they had a plan, right? Was to turn west into Asia's providence, but the Holy Spirit blocked that route. So the Holy Spirit had a responsibility. He noticed, wait a minute, it is not either the season or the time. So it says the Holy Spirit blocked that route. So they went to uh, Misha and tried to go through Beth Bethania, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. Proceeding uh, on through Misa and went uh, down to the seaport of Troas. So we see here that Paul and his group, his crew, right, his missionary group, were, were partnered up. They were partnered up and carefully followed the directions of the Holy Spirit as to where and when they would minister the Word of God. Because if they weren't, then you know what? They probably would have bypassed the Holy Spirit blocking. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Well, you just know, the whole, man, there's something inside that's like, this is not, I shouldn't be doing this. I should not be going down that road. I should not be. But what do you do? You, you go ahead. You just go ahead and go do that. Um, and, and the Holy Spirit is trying to help you. It's trying to alarm you. Don't go down that road. Don't do this. And, and I, you know, I think about that because, you know, as we know, it's essential, right, to spread the gospel. But here it is. It's interesting that, that, that twice the Holy Spirit did not allow them to enter certain cities at that time. But then we read in the passage, if you keep reading a little more, Paul has this dream, has this vision to go to Macedonia and to preach to that city. Not those two other cities, but to Macedonia. Now, we don't know why in the Bible, it doesn't say why the Holy Spirit said no at that time. But whatever the reason was, the Holy Spirit was taking on his responsibility to care for and direct Paul and his missionary group for the kingdom purpose, listen, in real time. It was in real time that the Holy Spirit was saying, ah, no, don't go there. Now, in Acts 17, the Bible tells us that we live in Jesus, we move in him, and we have our being in him. Which then means, you know what, for us, we have to realize our daily activity should be directed by the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you might think, well, that's hard because I got to go to work. I got a boss that tells me what to do. Yeah, we all do. But that doesn't mean you can't have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean you can't partner with the Holy Spirit. And you can't ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and direction in your daily activities, even when it comes to your job. And because of the responsibility he carries for you, there may be times, like we said, that the Spirit will prevent you from moving in, in a certain direction. Even if, even if it seems really sensible, like a no-brainer. If you get a check from the Holy Spirit, don't do it. I don't care how simple it seems, how easy, like it won't, whatever. If the Holy Spirit checks you, and that might be just a, a nudging or a kind of an un, un, um, a feeling inside that, that is just gnawing at you, that just says, man, there's something not right about this. Right? If you don't get the big audible voice, then you know what? We should be able to say, man, okay, what seems right to the Holy Spirit right now? And if you've got that red flag, you've got that icky feeling, that nudge, then you know what? Don't go there even if it seems really basic and simple. But see, that takes discipline. 
That takes this, this relationship level of intimacy, knowing what the Holy Spirit would say and what the Holy Spirit does and what God wants and what Jesus wants and all that. Because even Jesus said, you know what? The Holy Spirit will not speak anything that I don't speak. But see, it's us growing that, that, that relationship and sometimes he's just going to say no. But then there'll be other times that he'll give you the green light, right? And, and it's, he's like, here, man, you, you go for it. This is where you need to go. Um, you know, kind of like the, the, the Macedonian move. Right? Paul just knew, hey, I had this vision. God put it on my heart. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And so he goes and they go to Macedonia and they start preaching the gospel. But see, we've got to understand that we've got to live that way where the Holy Spirit is directing our steps. Again, that takes discipline. That takes you doing the work in order to be, get in that position to be able to say, okay, man, I am going to hear, I'm going to be led, I'm going to be directed by what the Holy Spirit has to speak to me. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you, it's going to take work. It's going to, it's going to take discipline. But, and it takes time to develop. Because I don't want you to get discouraged right off the bat. Because that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to get discouraged right off the bat. When you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to work really hard, or today I'm, I'm making some steps to be intimate, to partner, to, to, to know that he's got a responsibility to take care of me, and he's going to work with me and all that, so I'm going to take these, these steps. And when something doesn't work right, there is a natural bent for our humanity that says, see, it doesn't work. I, I blew it. I should give up. But see, all along, the Holy Spirit's like, no. No, 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 don't give up. Keep going. Keep, 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 keep it up. Keep working at it. Because part of his responsibility is to care for you, to make sure that your needs are being met, for you to have wisdom and understanding and revelation of what God's word has to say. And we'll jump back one more time back into our, our notebook there. And in Philippians 4, here we have Paul preaching from city to city, and he's establishing churches. But yet, most of them were unable to provide adequate care for him financially. So what did Paul do? He made tents. He was a tent maker. And then when he became under house arrest in, in Philippians, when he writes that letter, he was still in need of financial provision. But the church um, at, at Philippi, sent him a sizable amount of money. Why? Because they recognized their responsibility to care for his needs in a real and tangible way. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit responds uh, uh, to help us in our time of need. How many have ever had a need before? Yeah. But see, part of the responsibility of the Holy Spirit is to help us in that time of need, right? And it, sometimes it's not merely spiritual or directional um, and, and practical, but sometimes it extends to measurable resourcing, solutions that you need, that, 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 that you're like in a moment of crisis where you're like, oh my gosh, there is a, a need that I have that I don't know how that would be, be, be met. And I, I could share a bunch of testimonies with you just in my own life. Where, man, resources came when I was desperate. And man, it was like the, sink, the boat is sinking. Honey, the boat's sinking. Oh, great. Yet, the, the responsibility of the Holy Spirit, working with Jesus, working with the Father, man, my needs were met. My needs were met because of who He is, not because of who I am. So, to wrap it up, Fellowship with the Holy Spirit includes intimacy, right? Spiritual closeness, you with him, him with you. See how that works together? You with him, him with you. Like I said, he said, if you would draw near to me, I will draw near to you. In partnership, he coaches, partners with you to accomplish God's divine plan for your life. 
Just talk to him. Hey, be my coach. Help me out. Help me to understand how, how, to, how to walk this out better. Right? And a great game plan is the word of God, just so you know. If you ever wondered or scratched your head, like, how do I get a game plan? Get in the word. And the responsibility. He is responsible, he is responsible to direct, watch over, resource, and care for you in a way, listen, that honors and glorifies Christ. Right? When he met my needs, who got the glory? Not me. And not, you know, I thanked the people and said, man, what a blessing that was. But really, who got the glory was Jesus. Who got the glory was God, my Father. He was like, man, you met a knee. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. But see, that's the, the responsibility. See, when I meet a need of my kid, my kid comes back and like, man, dad, thanks. That's awesome, you know. And it's the same way. I, I, I get great joy out of meeting the responsibility of meeting the needs of my kids when I can. Doesn't mean I always can, but see, God always can. That's what makes him God, and I'm not him. But when I, I can meet a need somehow, man, I, it gives me great joy, and it gives the Holy Spirit great joy to meet those needs. But see, again, like I said earlier, we have not because we ask not. We don't have, we, we're not developing a relationship to lean on the Holy Spirit to where the Holy Spirit can move in our life in such a way where we're walking step by step, being directed. Our footsteps are ordered of the Lord. But it's, see, it's going to have to take a discipline. It's going to have to take you and I really saying, okay, first and foremost, man, let me start developing this intimacy. I think that's where it starts. Right? Once you start developing this intimacy with the Holy Spirit, where you're talking to Him, you're allowing Him to talk to you, then, then, then this starts to grow that partnership where you start to recognize and realize, oh, wow, He uses God's Word to help direct me and guide me? Oh, wow, man, that's why they keep telling me, get in the Word, keep memorizing, keep you know, doing whatever it takes. But he uses that, and then the Holy Spirit's like, man, yeah, that's part of my responsibility is to take care of the needs that you have because you are God's children. But see, we just got to jump into that. We got to be able to, to take that and run with it. So do me a favor and bow your heads, and we'll, we're going to close our service. Jesus, you're, you're Lord of the church. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you live in us as Romans 8 talks about. And since you live in us, you have this deep, deep desire to guide and direct us. You have a deep, deep desire to love us. You have a deep, deep, desire to, to, to facilitate and, and move in our lives so that the power of God can be released into our lives, released through our lives to others, so that when we pray for people, the power of God shows up and begins to move. But I know for each of us here, We need to be stirred. We need, we need a stirring of the Holy Spirit. We need a, a, a lighting of, of or a, 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 um, as, as Paul told Timothy, about stirring up the gifts inside. Well, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would stir up this relationship that you desperately desire to have with, with your people. Wherever they're at, wherever they're, they're encountering you right now, I thank you that there, there will be another level that they'll go to. And I, I just come against every tactic, every plan of the enemy. Because I know the enemy will not take this sitting down. He will not take it lightly. But in the name of Jesus, we have authority over the enemy because of who Christ is. And so enemy, we just command that you would uh, cease from your maneuvers, you would stop trying to disrupt or cause anything.
that would um, cause us as a family of believers, ones who the Holy Spirit are, are, are pulling in and stirring up inside of us, that you would stop anything that would, would, would try to hinder that. And then we just release the Holy Spirit's voice. We release the Holy Spirit's power. We release um, the kingdom of God to come forth in our life, to, to rise up within us. So that, Lord, we can, we can be all that you've called us to be as we walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. As we have communion with the Holy Spirit. As we have intimacy and partnership and see the Holy Spirit's responsibility in our life. We're just so grateful for what you're doing inside of us. I thank you that this week will be our best week ever. That we will hear more clearly than we've ever heard your voice. We will be stirred, more stirred, I guess you could say, than we've ever been stirred before by the Holy Spirit. And so I thank you for sealing this time. Thank you for taking the word of God, maybe in areas that maybe I have missed, and Holy Spirit, you, you, you continuing to teach each and every one of us, me included, the deeper things, the deeper things of God, the deeper things of the word, the deeper things of our relationship so that we can be all that God's called us to be. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.